1: Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome.
0: He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we move into a Wednesday, a very special Wednesday here at Red Eye Radio. Gary, good morning. Good morning. I'm in the middle of reading this here. Yeah. Uh,
2: Relates to, you know, we commented on this yesterday, but I saw this and it's just too funny. All right. Just what kind of formal training is going to teach CNN anchor Don Lemon (laughs) not to declare on air that women past their 40s are no longer in their prime and to urge viewers to Google it when his female co-anchors express skepticism?
0: We asked that question yesterday.
2: What? Uh, will the training cover on-air speculation about black holes devouring missing passenger airlines? Okay,
0: thank you for listening to the show, whoever wrote that what Jim, you're reading. Jim Garrity, National uh, Review.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you for
0: listening, Jim. <laughs> uh, I, mean, that was, uh, I just... Uh, <laughs> I just—that'd uh, uh, be th- shocking if anybody at National Review was listening to us.
2: <laughs> uh, and, but uh, w- w- will they set up a simulated news desk, use stand-ins for his usual female co-anchors, and have Lemon <laughs> practice some off-the-cuff remarks? Then sends some sort of electrical shock through his chair each time he says something inappropriate <laughs> or steps over the line. Will the formal training be limited to sexism, or will it include comments like Lemon's qualified defense of calling South Carolina Senator Tim Scott an Oreo, mm. or his contention that those who voted for Donald Trump are comparable to the Klan or Nazis? Mm. And then he gets into the uh, you know then he gets into the whole black hole thing. But then he says, "I understand." The network has told the anchors to stop getting drunk on air during New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, Don right. Lemon has carved out a clear role at CNN, first on his own primetime show and then co-host of the morning program. All right. uh, every few weeks or so, Don Lemon says something provocative, controversial, often hard to defend and often stupid. He makes a snotty comment to a new mom, interrupts his co-anchor. He swears on the air. Mm. He gets wrapped up in the Jesse Smollett investigation. Don Lemon generates his own little mini controversies, and that's worked for him over his entire career. Who can blame Lemon for being surprised at this time? Every run around him is acting <laughs> as though he's done something unacceptable. This is who the guy is. How much is formal training going to change that?
0: No, I, that's a good point, um, and and I would say what the comment that he made about women and being in their prime was tame compared to what he yeah. said in the in the yeah. past.
2: This is not some young kid still learning the ropes. Lemon turns fifty eight next month. He's been on CNN since two thousand six. Uh, he has spent years in front of the camera on live television. If he hasn't developed the instinct to know when he's verbally stumbling into an inappropriate area by now, will he ever? Oh, and I noticed Don Lemon has yet to apologize to Nikki Haley. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no. yeah, yeah,
0: right. That was pretty funny stuff, yeah. though. It just was, but Yeah. No, all great points. Honestly, what does anybody expect him to learn with any training? Because you know it's going to be some kind of, they're not, okay. It will either be they bring somebody in, right? And I don't know anybody that does that kind of of live training anymore, which they may do. I, I don't know. But, man, if that's the case, I would love to know more about that. And, and how that goes. Okay, Don. Now, we're going to start with, <laughs> we said yesterday, the first thing CNN has to do is define a woman. Yeah, they got to define a woman first. And and he is part of the LGBTQ community. And he can just say, whenever they try and define a woman, I'm offended by that. Stand up and leave the room. Well, also remember, as part of the left
2: Mm. Let's be very – careful. the leftist LGBTQ, mm-hmm. he is part of the uh, uh, organization – excuse me, he is part of the mindset, not organization. Mm-hmm. He is part of the mindset that says a man gets to determine what the definition of a woman is. Yeah. So right. why are they upset
0: at him about Prime? Yeah, the moment they define a woman in the training – all he has to do is either stop the recording or whatever he's doing or stop the person in front of him. Get up and leave. I'm offended. Yeah, How dare you? Yeah.
2: You're a biological woman. You don't get. He should have said that to his co-anchors. You're biological women. You don't get to decide what a woman is. We do. Exactly. The, le- the leftist LGBTQ defines what a woman is, and then he's if, great. if, if then we're he a man, we can be a woman because we say so.
0: Exactly, and and then he would, he would right before he leaves the room, he would scream, "See, this is the problem with women. <laughs> 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 this is why <laughs> men need to take over their sports. <laughs> see, see, <laughs> and then he walks out." just makes it worse. You know, the Daily look, Beast. Look how, look how sensitive all these women are about my comment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the problem with all with, of them. <laughs> they're all like that. <laughs> no, uh, just makes it progressively worse. I know. And and uh, the Daily Beast version of the story, they, they said their sources at CNN, uh, in the hallways, everybody just, you know, They believe that his time may be limited there because he's such a distraction. My thought is he's the only thing at CNN that anybody's talking about anymore. Maybe they don't let him go. I I have no idea. It's like whoopee. Take Whoopi off the view. Right. If and then I mean, you're going to have Joy Behar. You're going to have the other. I don't know how many how many are on the panel. I don't even. I have no I idea. Have is it four, five, six? Five. Is it nine? Is it like the Supreme Court? <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, you know, and you. T- but you take Whoopi off of the show, uh, and you know, if if they're not saying the things that require the lawyers to be on the set, I have to believe that a part of their audience is there for the train wreck.
2: I have to believe they, they may be. I, I think the 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 biggest irony of the view, and we've said this before, is it perpetuates actually the worst, the worst incorrect stereotype about women mm-hmm. that are used by people that are sexist. Yeah, that they have no brains mm-hmm. and they simply react emotionally mm-hmm. to everything. Right. Now, those aren't the women that I know. No. On the women I deal with every day. And that isn't an indictment of women from us. It's an indictment of those particular minds that happen to be in the biological shell of a female. Right. But they perpetuate the worst incorrect stereotypes of women being stupid and emotional and non-critical thinkers. Right. And that's the
0: amazing thing is they don't even see it there's no self awareness no it's like they're capitalizing on it it's it's right. almost like they know it and and say that we're going to make this our gravy train it's either yeah. one or the other either they don't know it at all or they fully believe it and they're using it and just saying you know but but here's the problem the problem is is that you know you go through that. Now you've hired. I wonder how many lawyers they actually have on the set. We know they're there, and because they've they've had to correct on the air, right? They're either there, or they're either there, or, or they're,
2: they're watching or, live, or, or, or they're monitoring and yeah. and immediately sending messages. But they are constantly monitored. Uh, and think about that too.
0: I thought is, Kevin is, Tober and the guys at Newsbusters had a horrible job.
2: Yeah, (laughs) 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 monitoring the liberal media but when when you think about this why don't they why don't they've never complained they've never said look this is an all-female show tell me any male show that has the lawyers constantly watching well maybe fox now
0: uh but uh you're back (laughs) in the day uh the man show with adam carolla no that was a recorded. no no seriously how many others actually have that
2: and after a shot at Fox was after last week.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, well, uh, actually, I mean, you know, I guess maybe there there was some monitoring after you know during that entire thing. Um, but this is about things that they say every day, yeah, and not something a guest might say or right. claim that somebody might make. Right. It right. is about things that they are saying, and it's aimed at other people. How many apologies I mean there was another one like last week. Mm-hmm. They had
2: a. it was on DeSantis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was Sunday yeah. said something yeah. about
2: DeSantis right. and had it come back, I think the next day. Right. Well, that wasn't really true. Right. You know. I, I sorry I got but they get everything wrong. And every and and who do they get it? I don't want to say they get everything wrong. They get everything wrong every time about somebody on the right. Well, and here's <laughs> here's the thing.
0: So you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, go on a tangent uh, against a conservative, it's always against a conservative, uh, then uh, or a conservative group. You know, it's always about the things they have to correct, or about an attack on a conservative or a conservative group. Wouldn't you have uh, like something you know printed out so you could just hold it up for your audience? Here's the story. Okay, going to read you from whatever it is, New York Times, Washington Post, whatever they're going to use as their source. Here's a quote from Governor DeSantis. Here's a quote from the president of this whatever group. And then they take that apart, right? So they could say, okay, here's the quote. Now, the problem with that is that sometimes uh, they don't bring the entire quote. So this may be a horrible idea, like Charlottesville you know, uh, with uh, with Trump, you, they never included the, in not the view, but any of the liberal media, they never included the entire quote. But I mean, you would want to say, you would want to hold something up. You would want to demonstrate to your audience, this is where we're getting this information from. This is the quote, and if this qu- quote is accurate, and they said this, and they mean this by it, then I disagree, or I have a problem with it because, and lay it down. They don't do that. They just take it on and then all of a sudden, and and they're over the top emotional about it before they know the facts. But they're just one example. They're the snapshot at The View. People like that are all over on the left in in activist mode And many of them have great, great influence. LeBron James is just one of them. Think about that, where they just spout off, where they put something on social media without knowing the facts. Oh, yeah. And then they're wrong. You know what kind of influence you have. And you insist on using that to, to, to bring people to a boiling point. Before you know the facts, Mm -hmm. there's no problem. I have no problem with any of them, uh, you know, left or right, anybody being angry. You can be angry if you're LeBron James, you can be angry. You know, but if you're going to be angry, make sure you've got the facts right before you start posting things. Because you know that's going to have an impact on your millions of followers and fans.
2: Right. As he uh, did in Wisconsin.
0: Right. And, but that's happened over and over and over again on the left where they spout off and they have it wrong. You know, I'll say this. And maybe it's because they're worried about the lawsuits there at ABC. But at least they're making the apology from most people on the left that are activists that are in those positions. You don't ever hear the apology when they're clearly wrong and are proven wrong because they don't have a lawyer standing over them saying, yeah, you know, Uh, you know, Sandman won his uh, lawsuits there when they were, when the leftist media portrayed him as, and his friends as the bad guys and he won but he had to take legal action to do it. It was a good victory, but the far left is never willing to apologize unless they have lawyers sitting right next to them. 86690
3: Red Eye. Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine tire inspections and pay special attention to any unusual wear patterns. Once unusual treadwear is visible on a tire, its traction and stopping distance is reduced and its lifespan will likely be shortened. This report is brought to you by Rotella. Joe Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
0: And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel Six. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you, great French fries. That sign over there tells you, this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you, a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at Motel6.com and use the code CPRUDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPRedeye. That's the letter cp redeye all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. If uh, you'd like to uh, get in, reading the headline here: Putin buries nuclear arms control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that was the 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 big story uh, yesterday, and immediately what you saw on social media was the fear. Okay, here is the the uh, you know here is the possible uh, escalation. You know, people mm-hmm. talking about World War Three mm-hmm. uh, going to happen. The uh, the the criticism. Uh, and the uh, the complimentary comments on what the president did coming from you know different sides of the uh, the aisle with, with some crossover uh, there, but looking at the entire picture here, uh, you know what what has the pro- when you when you look at what's going on here. What are the things that people are thinking of? Number one, first off, the, the nuclear arms control thing that doesn't matter because Russia wasn't following it anyway. Most people don't know that. They weren't following, uh, following it, and they weren't following it in 2010 when Biden came in. Or right. Excuse me, not in 2010. They this this was a, a 2010 uh, treaty. They weren't following it. Uh, uh, this the last. This is the last nuclear arms treaty. They weren't following it when Biden came into office, and it's the first thing. One of the first things he did was renew it as they weren't following it, and we were stating we were going to follow it. That's a problem. Well, it, it is you know the that,
0: reason. The, the, the fact that they're not following it really is, right now, at this point, the main reason that they are such a threat in terms of nukes. I mean, right that nobody trusts them. And this is the, I guess, most recent example or set of behaviors by Russia and not following
2: that well and and this is this is the this is the concern overall when it comes to biden international relations now everybody knows that one of the reasons that he did this was the fact that he's getting killed in the polls right now because of so many domestic issues yeah and what you do when you're getting killed is you you do something like this and then you start visiting and the whole point is you saw the democrats i mean uh uh, the historian Michael Beschloss on mm-hmm. MSNBC, you know, uh, said he's like Lincoln. He's like, you know, yeah. he starts Washington right. and everything else. And yeah. It's just like, no, he's not. And and people look at this and say, what's going on? You know, what's going on? Well, this is a guy that's really concerned uh, about challenging Russia. Well, if you really were, the first thing that you would have done would not have been knowing that the Russians were not following this nuclear arms treaty was renew it unconditionally Mm -hmm. and say we're going to follow it knowing because he knew the CIA told him they knew that well not only just CIA but they wouldn't allow inspectors over there right they knew they was they weren't following it right so it's every we'll, we'll get to more coming up here
1: You want to listen again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com.
2: And he's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye, talking about uh, uh, Russia, uh, you know, pulling out of the nuclear arms treaty yesterday and, you know, the gasp. And it was like, yeah, but it's actually a good thing because now the administration cannot continue to say we're going to follow something, you know, because it was Biden who renewed it. And the worst thing that you can do for security of a nation is actually do a treaty, know the other side isn't following it and and now, because of not following this last treaty for a significant period of time, Russia now has two thousand tactical nuclear uh, uh tipped uh, uh weapons uh, m- uh, missiles. We only have three hundred and twenty yeah, and that's because Biden continued during his administration. Like I said, he renewed it when he became it and when he he got into office, when he became president. And we have kept with this charade that, oh, okay, this nuclear arms treaty. See, we've got this deal when everybody knows, everybody knew Russia wasn't following it. Right. That makes the United States look weak. That makes Biden look weak. Yeah. That he won't confront the truth. Uh, What he did in Afghanistan. We've already talked about that many times, how reprehensible Biden lied to the American public about what the soldiers told what what the the generals told him. The generals said no, in order to protect the United States, we need a small force here. We need to keep the airport here and we need to support Afghanistan. That's what that's what we need to do. He lied to the American public and said they told him the opposite. And when under oath, every single general said, This is what we said. This yeah, once we...
0: again, uh, you know, uh someone like a Vladimir Putin is doing something that benefits the US that Joe Biden didn't have the the wherewithal to do.
2: Well, it, it makes it so there is no excuse
0: for Biden. That's uh, that's what anymore. I mean. Yeah, it it just, you know, and it, but this is how a Biden presidency is is bound to go. Is that Russia's going to take the lead. They're doing it for a different reason. It was really a show of power. It was Oh, Biden's making a visit. Okay, we'll announce this.
2: Uh, yeah, and so when you look at the totality uh, totality of the Biden administration so far and what they did with Afghanistan, which told China and Russia, it showed uh, it showed uh, both President Xi and 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 Putin. It showed both of them. We'll lie to the American public. Yeah. I'll do something that gets our soldiers killed, mm-hmm. and I'll lie about it to fit a particular leftist narrative.
0: And it told our allies that I'm willing to lie to my people and put your, every boot on the ground that you have in Afghanistan or anywhere else in danger to do
2: it. And and so when you see that and you combine it here, you look at Biden and you know he's in political trouble. And then all of a sudden he's over there. Uh you know, on a dangerous trip? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go to Kiev, you don't, you know, you, you don't know. But he he did it and he's blustering, you know, this is, and that's typical Joe Biden. Mm. I'm not going to do the job 99% of the time, but I'm going to go over with all this bluster over there and say, you know, you know, this is what, and we're united and we're this. And everybody's looking at him going, no, you're not. You know, you're in political trouble and that's what you're you, that's what you're doing now. We agree you have to confront Russia.
0: Yeah, but Joe Biden's not going to do it.
2: Well, he's not going to do it the way you consistently need to do it, which is as soon as you get in office and everything, the totality of our relationships with with the with Putin had to be challenged from day one. And it's not it's like you, we're not giving you an inch. You do this you know, there will be repercussions all the time. Mm -hmm. And when they see a weak American leader, they will take advantage of it. So Biden jumping over and doing this, even though we're admitting Russia commits, you know, has committed atrocities in Ukraine Mm -hmm. without question. And I believe that Ukraine, and I I do believe now, I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen with China getting in, but nobody saw that this war was going to last this long, including the Russian people. Mm-hmm. And there is pushback. You know, you and I have talked about that uh, inside the, the the Kremlin, that this has been a uh, a failure. And so people look at this and they say, OK, this, is, this could be a very, very, this could be a very uh, uh, scary moment here in history. I saw a bunch of headlines yesterday, World War Three, World War Three. Mm-hmm. you know, if, if uh, China gets in, uh, in involved in it. But that's where you don't let it ever get to this particular point. You don't let one instance of Ukraine set the policy of the United States with Russia. It's right. from day one. You're not following this. We're out. You're not doing this. We're out. Mm-hmm. Sanctions on everything. And we'll get you are a leader from day one. And Biden has not been a leader from day one. And all of a sudden, it's like 99% of the time he's not a leader. Then he decides, okay, we're desperate. Let's go over here and do this because they are desperate. Yeah, he's
0: desperate for his own political existence and
2: and possible
0: (laughs) legal issues. Well, then not only that, you
2: know, those things, but then the whole the whole balloon thing, Mm -hmm. which made no sense, which people look and said he just shot those down to save face. So everything, so the the left that's saying, it's terrible that Republicans aren't standing by the, the, the president in this moment. Well, he doesn't deserve to be every, uh, stood by. Everything that he does should be looked at with suspicion. Because, because he's, he's willing to lie to the American people, and those lies help get American soldiers killed. And he lied about what, I don't know in American history if that's happened, where a president has lied about what the generals told him about a 20-year war.
0: Well, I mean, he's taken—you know—he's handed victories to uh, the Taliban in Afghanistan. He's done nothing against Putin, nothing effective against Putin. But man, if any of you amateur balloonists think you're going to get away with floating balloons, you're going to—you're going to see the strength in Joe Biden once and for all,
2: and then politically. Uh, politically, the problem uh, is when you see, you know, this president doesn't give a damn about Americans on the border. And no. and pe- look, people can people can walk and chew gum. Americans can walk and chew gum at the same time. And they sit there and say, you don't care about our border. You don't care about fentanyl coming across. You don't care about the cartels having tremendous influence inside the United States. You don't care about this. All. Otherwise, you do something uh, about Uh, about the border if you really believed in the united states you wouldn't be trying to kill the energy sector you wouldn't all the things that he is doing as we have said on energy what he is planning makes us weaker against russia and china so please spare me that he's a strong american leader because he took the dangerous trip no not when he is hurting the the energy security the economic security and our national security on energy itself and so there's so many things that you look when you you have to look at the totality of what an administration does and the left is hoping the democrats are hoping you just look at this particular point right here oh see he's strong because he went over there and he said we're all together Mm -hmm. sorry that doesn't cut it no look at his actions those aren't actions Exactly. I mean, and and that's what you look at day in and day out. And again, with the I'm glad I'm, I'm happy that this happened yesterday, that Putin buried the headline, the Wall Street Journal, Putin buries nuclear arms control. And they make the point as we make. That's a good thing because we were pretending that they were following it and they weren't. And that makes us weak.
0: Well, so a, think- but it, but it also with with Putin getting out of it it brings everything to the surface again to demonstrate exactly how weak our president is yes. so in that regard it's it's once again being demonstrated to our enemies would be enemies and our allies exactly how weak this president is Putin yep. getting out of it shows you exactly how bad it was How wrong it was for our president to renew it. Getting out of something that they were out of. (laughs) Exactly. Well, think about it. They're demonstrating his weakness. Putin knows this. By getting out of it, you're making Biden look even weaker. It may be a good thing on the surface, or it may be a good thing all the way through. Except... The imagery is, your president should have taken the lead here, not Putin. Your president should have shown Putin, not the other way around. Putin is toying with Biden. He took Crimea during Obama. He knows weaknesses. And he plays them all day long. And that was just another play. To Joe Biden's weakness and it's pathetic it makes us look even weaker
2: yeah so uh, and and when you look at the the uh, the opinion that's out there right now that he seems to care more about the Ukrainians than the American people uh, you know that is the that is a political nightmare Uh, you know for this president you can sit there and say he cares about the ukrainian people and the first thing that comes to american minds is what about us and so you look at and and again the 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 uh, tanker accident or excuse Mm -hmm. me the the train derailment uh in ohio is just a microcosm of everything else well i'm I'm waiting for why if 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 you actually want to stand up against russia and china then don't you want a strong America economically, energy-wise? Well, economically and and (laughs) energy-wise? I mean, is that what you want? And he doesn't want it. And the Democrats don't want it. And you can't sit there and just look, and this this is the problem with the Democrats. They'll take one little moment in time and say, that's the evidence that he cares and he's strong. Well, I got a ton of evidence elsewhere that shows... He doesn't give a damn about the security of the United States. And tell
0: me where I'm wrong. Well, look, um, look where his enemies are. His administration made enemies with border agents by lying about them. They make enemies with the energy companies. Where are Biden's true enemies? Look at the attacks and you'll see them. He's been attacking individuals and groups and industries here at home. Those are his actions. And now wants to go after everybody with the IRS. They want to go after everybody, big and small, with the IRS because you're not paying your fair share.
2: Here's a headline right here Biden spurs spurns U.S. energy producers, turns to Venezuela for millions of barrels of oil. Exactly, I mean, that's the problem right Right. there. And sorry, deciding, okay, I'm in political trouble. I need to go to Ukraine. When he does this, well, you're getting oil from Venezuela, and you're not out. There should be a national, absolutely there should have been a a long time ago, a a national push, especially when we uh, figured out that fracking worked. To become completely and totally uh, self, uh, you know, dependent, uh, self-dependent on uh, on fossil fuels.
0: Mm-hmm. That, that,
2: no, and, that, and that, we the, can do that. We can do it. That's we, the whole we point. Were we can, actually we can on do the it.
0: way to doing that. Right. Uh, now, COVID had a play in that, but also regulation comes and and it's the brakes very well, quickly on that.
2: When you want to kill America's oil and natural gas, and in doing so you have your administration work to get more from autocrats around the world, from people that would, and leaders that would destroy us if they had the opportunity, then tell me what the hell Biden cares about. 866 mm-hmm. red eye
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's here calling. I'm Gary McNamara, eight six six ninety Red Eye. We're just discussing, you know, whether the uh, the CIA knows that uh, uh, Putin is uh, a lot sicker. Those stories have come out over the last couple of months, right? Than is is uh, is is publicly known, and and may and and may be forced to step down or. Because of, of uh, that uh, the weakness that there's a possible coup uh, in, in the works. And that's why, OK, if we send Biden over, I mean, that would look great if Biden was over there. And there would, then there was a coup at that
0: point. And well, lab- that's it, because it would be hard for me to believe that while Biden is on the ground in Kiev, that it didn't get back to the Kremlin, that he's there so what gave them confidence enough confidence for him to visit Kiev do they have information that shows that uh the the days are numbered in and, and, and it could be just weeks maybe before uh, Russia's efforts against Ukraine are are over or that everything is imploding inside the Kremlin? Do they have that kind of information that gave them that kind of confidence to put the president in key? Just asking questions.
4: Top of the hour
3: news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com.
1: This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight on one of our great radio stations. So, yeah, when we we look at the, uh, you know, many on the left saying, see this uh, uh, president concerned about Ukraine challenging Russia, Uh, protecting the security of the United States, we say hogwash to that. Uh, uh, Again, I look at it from, and again, this is based on the history of this president. Uh, I look at it as, an, you know, uh, our our polling stinks in the United States. Let's get out. And, you know, other presidents have done this uh, before. And more evidence, again, is the fact that the U.S. is on track now this month to receive 3 million barrels of crude oil from Venezuela. Yeah. Right. Uh that's because uh Chevron is shipping more than a hundred thousand barrels a day of Venezuelan crude to the U.S. under a license from the Treasury Department. Last year, the Biden administration authorized Chevron to expand production in Venezuela and uh, resume exports of Venezuelan oil. Hmm. A Venezuelan OPEC member has been under U.S. sanctions with its oil frozen for the past several years. Uh, Experts were quick to note that the U.S. turned outward to Venezuela, a country hostile to the United States rather than inward to the domestic energy producers. It's really sad to see the way President Biden treats our domestic oil industry while asking countries like Venezuela and Saudi Arabia to produce more oil. And by the way, in a very, very uh, non-environmental way. Yeah. Yeah. Said Robert Rapier, a chemical engineer with decades experience in the energy industry, told Fox News Digital. I quote, I've never understood this outright hostility to an industry that is critically important for U.S. manufacturing, transportation and national security. Instead of working with the oil industry, President Biden approaches them with outright hostility, making demands upon them and criticizing them for making uh, progress. The surge in Venezuela oil Uh, to the U.S. appears to be part of a White House strategy months in the making. Early last year, American officials went to Venezuela, a Russian ally and longtime U.S. foe, to open dialogue with President Maduro about easing sanctions so the country can sell its oil on the international market to combat rising prices amid Russia's war uh, in Ukraine. You don't have to say much more. I mean, you don't have to really go... uh, You know, much more. I mean, we criticized this when the president was talking about it, uh, when he was uh, kissing Saudi Arabia's butt. Mm -hmm. And this was brought up consistently. And so, again, to our friends on the left, you can't look at one moment in time and say this is evidence because of this is evidence that the president cares about the security of the United States uh, and is challenging Russia through Ukraine and challenging China When you see that on everything else, whether it's Afghanistan and the lies to the American public about that war and lying about what the generals uh, uh, told him and getting out in a way that got 13 American soldiers uh, uh, killed and then looking at the the uh, the the uh, nuclear arms treaty and the fact that Russia wasn't following it. Yeah. and, And we knew it. The president knew it. And continued to put out this barrage that, okay, we're extending it uh, and not talking about the fact that, but the Russians aren't following it. And yeah. so when they canceled it yesterday, as the Wall Street Journal said, good. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing is pretending that you have a deal, you're following it and they're not. Because yeah. that hurts the security of the United States. And then on the border, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. If, if if and now you've you've seen the problem now on the northern border. Mm-hmm. You saw that escalate now in the last couple of months. Yeah. I think what I see, uh illegal immigration now on the northern border up eight hundred percent. Right. It's like, okay, let's come in through Canada now. Right. Because there is and the president doesn't care about the fentanyl. The president doesn't care about terrorists coming across uh the, the border. He doesn't care about how his policies are are enable well? He might now. You saw the one story yesterday that that uh, he uh, that there's uh, uh, he is uh, proposing a new rule that would bring back uh, basically the uh, Trump Remain in Mexico program. Mm. Yeah, why we're getting near election time? Right, we're getting near election season, so he has to pretend something that he is not. But we saw, it's like the whole thing with COVID. He never cared about COVID because he never cared about securing the border in any way. He didn't care. And we know that people that had COVID were sent all over the United States. It's like, so stop with the pretending. He doesn't care. And right here, when it comes to energy policy, the fact that this president promoted over and over again and has promoted that by 2035, it's going to be wind and all solar. And then after about eight months in office, he said, okay, I guess we have to add nuclear, but they're not pushing nuclear. Right. That's not going to happen. Nobody wants a nuclear plant in their backyard. So as the administration makes it almost impossible and has let it be known, coal is dead, natural gas is dead. He is putting the United States in an energy, energy, economic, economic, and national security but suicide
0: is what he's doing, and you know this—it's right out of the old playbook from his old boss. And this is something similar um, when Obama went to Petrobras, uh, Brazil, and said uh, their nationalized uh, energy company. And he said to them, "We want to be your biggest customer when you get everything online. You know, uh, they'll shut everything down here at home. Do away with federal leases." regulate the energy companies uh the the oil and natural gas companies out of existence like they did the coal companies that's the goal it's not about they don't care about climate change he's asking opec to make more does that sound like they care about climate change he's going to venezuela saying hey we want to get all you can give us he killed tens of thousands
2: of great union jobs in the United States that by his own <laughs> transportation secretary, energy secretary, and climate czar.
0: The first ever climate czar. The first
2: ever climate czar that said, well, no, actually, from our opinion of what uh, makes climate change, the president did the wrong thing. The mm-hmm. best thing would have been to uh, to keep the pipeline. So he doesn't care about climate change. It's about control, and everybody knows it, and the left remains silent on it. They really, they don't care about climate change. They pretend, hey, ask Greta, they pretend to care about climate change because it's about power and control. It's not about a clean, it's not about saving the earth, and you see the Strategic Petroleum Reserve draining that. Mm -hmm. The reason that that exists is for war. Yep is for the national security of the United States. Biden doesn't give a damn about it. Democrats don't give a damn about it. So please, spare me this thing. Oh, the president going to the Ukraine shows that he's a leader of the world and cares about the United States security and cares about the security. of. No, he doesn't. It's all about political opportunism, but... That's blowing up in his face because Americans are hurting, and Americans are like, You seem to care more about them than you do us.
0: Well, all the way around with the uh, a train derailment. I mean, there's no way to unbotch that situation. There just isn't. And they botched it from day one. And
2: then the balloon thing, too. I mean, it would just because that's the thing where people they go, He just shot those things down. And I think believe you're the one that, that said it in the way that. It was a political, it was, everything's been a political reaction. Everything. Everything has been the fact that when you look at it, they didn't shoot down the balloon. Mm -hmm. Then they did shoot down the balloon. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of the response when it got over the territory. Okay, let's shoot it down. And then they were shooting at things. They had no idea whether they were dangerous or not. They still can't
0: tell you, and I forget which uh, media group it was, uh, last week, I think it was on Friday, when they said, we will probably never learn or find what they shut down. We we right. may not ever learn what those objects were. So everything that they said the week before was a lie
2: because yeah. they shot down anything they saw in the air, including maybe the uh, Dinkle Balloon Company. I can't think of their name
0: now. <laughs> the,
2: bottle the Bottle Cap Balloon
0: Brigade. Uh Right or something like that
2: weather yeah. we, you know weather balloon yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that was all done strictly because he was going to play i'm i'm biden and i'm going to protect us after the chinese well, spy balloon it. flew all, all the way across the united states everything everything is this president is
0: reactive to everything there is no proactive joe biden no there isn't i mean you know he's Come on Taliban, you can have Afghanistan back. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh Russia, uh yeah, we're really not going to show any strength against Russia. Uh, go ahead and take Ukraine if you want Ukraine. You know, China, uh intellectual property, uh you can uh, you can have it all. That's fine. Uh illegal immigration, that's eh, not a problem. Our border is secure. Wait a minute. Amateur balloonists in Michigan? Are you kidding me? Send up the fighter planes now. Take them out. This is as weak as it gets over and over again. Oil companies, oil workers, union jobs. Go learn to code. Hey, Venezuela. Hey, Saudis. You got any oil? We're kind of short for some reason. I mean it's it it couldn't be clearer. Anybody saying he's showing strength is delusional or smoking some really great weed. You gotta be high. That's it is absolutely insane. Far beyond. Uh, What what uh, uh, the weakest president, uh, I mean, he's he's nobody even comes close to him.
2: I was uh, reading what uh, Rebecca Kaufler says, who grew up in the Soviet Union, former intelligence officer. And she said, where we are with this conflict is that even the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff has admitted that there is no path to victory for Ukraine. My intelligence analysis tells me this war isn't winnable. Why? because it's Putin's strategy to out and outlast the adversary. Mm. Putin has assembled a half a million new recruits, 315,000 joining the fight now, 150,000 in training camps. And just as you said, uh, this is typical Putin, typical Russia, just throwing bodies into the grinder. Putin knows that there is a fatigue right now in the United States and in the West because the taxpayer is realizing they have paid $196 billion and this can't continue forever. So this oops strategy that President Biden just pulled out with his visits not going to stop Putin. He's not afraid. He has a plan. As I describe this plan in my book, uh, Biden completely failed at deterrence, failed at strategy, and just in a schizophrenic way, throwing weaponry at Ukraine, hoping somehow it's going to scare Putin. But unfortunately, it won't work.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, it's good. we've been saying from day one it's going to be – uh, something internal that brings Russia down, whether it's an illness with Putin or uh, internal strife with his top generals. Right,
2: and that that would be the other question. That would be what's the question of what's going on in Russia? She said somebody needs to realize that the strategy of just throwing weaponry is not going to work. Huh. Weaponry and technology do not win wars; strategy does. And unfortunately, despite ten years worth of every single piece of intelligence. That we had back in the intelligence community, we had scores of wargaming predicting and going through this conflict and how it's going to unravel, right? How it's going to unravel is that uh, it is going to ratchet up. If tensions are escalated, it's going to ratchet up cyber and nuclear Armageddon. President Biden knows this. this is exactly why he is not deploying forces into Ukraine and he is not sending F-35s mm. into Ukraine. Uh-huh. And then she was she was challenged. You're going to tell me that Vladimir Putin's game, this is Vladimir Putin's game plan to lose 200,000 in year one. His plan was to win in one week. He had officers going there with police uniforms because they thought they were going to walk into Kiev. Nothing Vladimir Putin has planned has gone to what he wanted. She responds, nothing that he had planned in the beginning. You're absolutely correct. Uh, he miscalculated how long it was going to take him to run over Ukraine. Well, he miscalculated everything. Well, not everything. Not everything, because, again, Putin is planning on a relentless draining war of attrition, throwing people into the meat grinder. Yes, they lost 200,000 men in World War II. The Russians sacrificed 20 million. With the population of Ukraine being 43 and Russians 143, you can do the math. This conflict is going to go on forever.
0: Well, and that's it. The question is, all right, not what, at this point, the question isn't what did he set out to do or what did he believe was going to happen what were his plans then the question is what does he have the ability what is the nature of a vladimir putin in a situ- situation like this and it it is logical that he could wait it out if he's sick then that's not you know going to happen if there is internal strife i don't know about a coup honestly i i that would surprise me if if that were to happen
2: No, but it's a it's a question that's been asked and uh, you know, by a lot of experts, too. You know, will will there be that uh, attrition factor in the, uh, uh, you know, there? Um, as long as it goes on, Putin achieved his goal. His definition of victory is very different from ours. It is preventing us in Ukraine from victory. Mm-hmm. The devastation of Ukraine. Ukraine right now has been decimated. The industrial base is destroyed. The agricultural base is destroyed. It is ceasing to exist as a viable country because we are providing the entire gross domestic product they are entirely depending on us and mm-hmm. that's going to continue which means the money flow year after year after year which again mm-hmm. vietnam they china russia look at vietnam say there's a limit to what the united states will do and there's a limit to what the united states will do now right the right now the pentagon's already telegraphing to ukraine that this is an uns- unsustainable because we are doing our own review because our own weapons stockpile is depleting. Some of these this weaponry is going to take seven to eight years to replace. Ukraine is having an extremely high burn rate of ammunition. So our production cap, cap, uh, capacity is outmatched. Hmm. The conflict reveals the Pentagon's inability to plan for anything, right? So right now when China is actually looming, this is what I'm predicting right now. I see the writing on the wall. China, just like what I predicted with Russia, China's is gearing up for war, right? Xi has installed a wartime cabinet back in October. China has identified glaring airspace security caps gaps in our defense. So there you go. 86690 hmm. Red
3: Eye. Surviving and thriving as an owner operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. And when the you know the, this is another thing that that security expert brought up on on Fox that as we are fighting this war and throwing more and more money at it because as she was making the point we are the GDP. I mean there is no industrial base there. We're mm-hmm. providing them everything. Then does China look at that and say okay now it's time to take Taiwan? because America is already tired of all the money going into Ukraine, and so this opens up the ability, which is why you've got to be tough with them from day one in office. Not just reactionary, but...
1: Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety uh, red eye This is interesting. Three campaign strategists have reportedly declined leading President Biden's potential 2024 campaign. Hmm. Raising red flags that Democrats are concerned about the president's chances of re-election.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: As Biden is reportedly preparing to launch his re-election campaign in April, his advisors have been turned down by three campaign strategists three separate times, the New York Times reports. The strategist who declined to work with the president also refused to have additional conversations about the post for professional reasons. The rejection of Biden's 2024 campaign is significant because polling shows a majority of Democrats do not want Biden to run in 2024. A recent poll reveals only 37% of Democrats want him to launch a second bid, down from 52% before the 2022 midterm elections.
0: So... When you're a campaign advisor, sometimes you get, you know, a, an interview slot in the media. Most of the time you're not taking questions, but you will be faced at some point with questions. And there's so much on the table with Biden. I don't know who I, I don't know who in their right mind would take it. i I'm guessing. It will be somebody, you know, old school, right? An Axelrod, maybe, or maybe not. Robert Reich. I mean, somebody who could just go out there and live in the delusional state. You know, deny everything. Nothing's wrong. He's, he's never done anything wrong. He's the perfect president. He's the best president. He's a heroic president. And that's what, I mean... Now, the thing is, is that internally, you've got to give the campaign direction. And internally, I I don't know (laughs) what you do. Honestly, you just keep putting the ads out, right? Uh, You have them make a campaign stop, have them say just a few words, wave at the people, and then Joe leads him off stage, and he gets on the plane off to the next stop. I, you know, the White House has a pretty good basement. But the thing is, this time he can't run his campaign and stay in the basement.
2: Well, you you saw that there's uh, been debate. He he uh, was looking to have um, uh, the debate headquarters in Wilmington, Delaware, yeah, right yeah, near yeah, his home. Right, yeah. And it was like there's apparently disagreement with that, saying right. no— you're not going to get young people to want to stay in a sleepy town right that's the quote. exactly uh in uh in delaware according to the cnn uh there's like-
0: room for them in the garage now that they've moved some boxes <laughs> 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 so you know no i mean i there's the other thing too it it requires I mean- a great deal of stamina uh you're going to have to visit all the states Repeatedly,
5: mm-hmm.
0: you got to get out there, and he has less energy by the day. I mean, as we go on, it's you know clear that he can't venture, and they don't want him to venture far from home. These international trips are rare, and you know the thing is, is that I, I wonder if he's got a vacation coming up because. He's going to need the rest after after this trip. But even then, you know, he doesn't have the stamina. Remember when um, remember when Trump went to meet with Kim Jong-un? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, and he, he said at some point, he was talking to the international media. Most people didn't see it because here stateside, it was overnight, but, but we were watching it live and he was talking to the international media and he was telling them, you know, hey, you you guys got to give me a break. I've been up for more than 24 hours. Um, Trump, for whatever reason, has a, a lot of stamina or did then. I don't know if he still does. I, I assume so. But Biden does not. And he's not going to have that physical stamina. Mentally, he doesn't have the stamina. And, you know, you can only get by for so long with, with with just waving and smiling. And so I don't know what you do if you're going to be a campaign advisor. I don't know what you're going to say, except for keep it short, right? Keep it short and sweet. Don't, don't keep him out there. You're going to lead Jill to lead him off the stage. She's going to do a lot of the waving. You bring the energy on the stage by bringing other people around him. Not Hunter. And you know, you have him surrounded by, of course, um, friendlies on stage. Um, but that's the best you can do. You know, I mean, I, what, I don't know what Democrat
2: senator wants to stand with Biden. Oh, I don't
0: think a senator
2: in, in, a, in a year and a half. No, I
0: don't. I don't think <laughs> any of the senators. I think they're all going to be named Biden. And, I, I didn't say you said that. I, was yeah. just, I didn't say no, you make no, you know, no, a good point. Yeah. Who on Capitol Hill? Think about that. Who on Capitol Hill really now? You know Schumer can get by with the lie, right? I mean, this is what it's going to take in terms of a campaign advisor, uh, at least to the point of that campaign advisor ever talking to the media, which most of the time they don't. But every occasionally, you know, um, then it, it, they get a interview here and there, and you just do what uh, what Schumer does. Oh no, 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 no! The Chinese, the, the Chinese were embarrassed. Oh my gosh. And we shoot down three amateur balloons um and then you know you you just live in that delusional state right and but all of them have to i mean okay so you look at everybody that's up for re-election cinema it's a given she's already you know gone independent but in 24 you have people like tester what's tester gonna do he's He's got to yeah. keep his distance.
2: I mean anybody, you know, again California, New York would be the yeah, exception. Exactly. They, they they could appear with um uh, they could appear with Putin and
0: say we support Putin and they'd still get reelected. They'd still get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know, that that's the only go, the, those are the only go-tos you have in terms of friendlies. Everybody else has to separate themselves more and more. And and no telling and you said You know, who's going to want to do that in 24 because we don't know how things are going to go between now and, you know, as we're ramping up to, uh, you know, the the big summer of 24 uh, with the conventions. We don't know what's going to happen between now and then. And so I don't know. I mean, honestly. My advice would be keep it short. Don't venture far from home. Spend a lot of money on TV ads build those TV ads out right now because clearly as days go by he's in further decline physically and mentally I would make the ads right now but that's just
2: me time to move on from Biden that's the headline mm. best-selling author and spiritual guru and former 20, uh, 20 presidential candidate mm. in the primaries yeah. Marianne Williamson is gearing up for a campaign-style blitz Mm. after her important announcement next month. yeah. Following her announcement on March 4th, Williamson, who has dropped hints about plans to challenge Biden in the Democratic primary, will head to South Carolina, New Hampshire, Michigan, Nevada. An advisor told Fox, you can appreciate what the president has done defeating the Republicans in 2020 and still feel it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. There you go. She challenged Biden in the primary before stepping out and endorsing Bernie Sanders. The capitalist, right? Bernie Sanders, the ticket master capitalist, right? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, I don't think she's going to get enough votes in a primary no. to defeat. I'm just guessing on
0: that Not one. Not even close.
2: You know, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, the it seems consistent now that uh, Trump attacks on uh, on. Um, uh, Desantis mm-hmm. had to do with you know the populist version of Social Security and Medicare that don't yeah. touch them at all in any way, right? Which means don't move the dates of retirements, right? Uh, right. Do not no adjustments uh, no, no adjustments at all in in Social Security, and he's you know saying that uh, uh, you know because Desantis has talked about in the past, there has to be eventually changes to social security and medicare he hasn't given specifics on it but that's what trump is hitting and we have said that is the delusion of americans both on the right and left that believe that social security doesn't need to be fixed and medicare doesn't need to be fixed right that's a delusion of the populist on both sides of it and and trump is again uh you know and i say again because he also did said stupid economic things when He was stating back when he was running that uh, we need to pay uh, 10 cents on a dollar on the debt that we owe. Mm -hmm. Well, that was never going to uh, happen. Mm -hmm. And then when he became when he really became a viable candidate by talking about fiscal responsibility. And then six months later, after he was, you know, got the nomination, basically had the nomination sewn up was talking about the fact, we need to borrow trillions of dollars because the interest rate is really cheap and we can fix our infrastructure. So trillions and trillions. Yeah, but it may be cheap now, but it won't be cheap now. Right, <laughs> right now, as we yeah, know. Down the,
0: down, then down and, the road. Right, and we
2: said, yeah. no, I mean, that was that was wrong. And Trump was one of the first people to propose a wealth tax, and he was wrong for doing it, as now that's become a favorite of California liberal socialists. And, and uh, here, where Trump says that social security and Medicare can never be touched. It has to be. Yeah. That does. Just, that is that is going and by the way, I'm somebody who could be collecting now, but I'm not, mm-hmm. as of yet. Mm-hmm. I'll get more when I do collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I reached the, you know, that that age. So yeah, I mean it's uh when you look at, you know, Medicare, for example, I think what, that's been extended out to twenty twenty six. But it's it's real. It's the numbers, it's the math numbers. And you have a significant portion of Republicans. And you saw it with, you know, Rick Scott when he brought it up. And Mm -hmm. now it's not part of his plan anymore. And McCarthy, it's like now Republicans. You can't tell the Americans. Republicans are now more and more Republicans. You can't tell Americans the truth on Social Security. Keep telling them the lie that all we need to do is get rid of foreign aid and wasteful spending. And Social Security and Medicare will be fine.
0: Yeah, I they mean, won't. Yeah, be. right. They won't be. I mean, um, use a word. Try and use a word like austerity. Now it's worse than communism.
2: And if, <laughs> and, if and if and if Trump s- makes that statement, he's lying to Republicans. Yeah, it's, if any if any Republican makes that claim that there that Social Security and Medicare doesn't have to be changed and evolve. Mm-hmm. Into something into something else. If you are promoting the fact that Social Security and Medicare are fine, and you don't have to do anything, and it can remain exactly the way it is right now, you are lying to the American public right. in order to get elected, and you know it.
0: There is yeah. no way to do this, uh, and and you know there's more talk about raising the uh, FICA tax cap and or doing away with the cap altogether. That's not going to get you there.
2: That's not going to get you there.
0: It's nope. about what you're paying out.
2: Nope. You know, if 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 you say move it, you know, move it from you know, if you if you take away uh people being able to take the early benefits at sixty two mm-hmm. and if you move sixty five to seventy and then the maximum to seventy five, you'll probably extend it out a few years. But still
0: yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not going right. to be much.
2: Right. It's it's not going to. You're going
0: to have to revamp the whole thing. Yep. The design was flawed from the beginning. At some point, I
2: I don't know how you design it to where the American public will accept it. At that time, oh no, no, when no, you, when you when you have to, that's the problem.
0: Right, right. Is Politically, because, try and introduce that idea. What do you do?
2: Uh, well, you I can't. Uh, I think. Uh, and and this may this may be you may view this as self-serving and uh I just won't write it in an email uh and and uh and mm-hmm. say something different on the air mm-hmm. um we I think we should start changing it after I die so I get all of mine
1: Gary McNamara
2: eight six six ninety red
1: eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety uh, Red Eye. Welcome and uh, and good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Coming up, uh, following uh, the top of the hour, uh, a another GOP candidate in. Okay, and I know you're going to say who. Yeah, we'll get uh, to uh, that. And wow, to see those fifty five schools mm. in Chicago. Not one student was proficient in math. Not one.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And... You can listen whenever you want if you can't listen live overnight, and uh, that's cool. And thank you. Yes, uh, just to make you know Social Security simple for people because people get upset when you say, look, when politicians tell you, you know, and Republicans now are on board there. They, as, as you said, there is no political win for what has to happen to Social Security and Medicare. No. There isn't a political no. win. No, because somebody's going to have to pay more. And it's very simple. When Social Security started, the amount of people collecting for the amount of people putting in, I think, was I'm doing this from memory, might have been six, seven, eight to one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now it's two point something. And you can look at it very simply. Roughly, I think, 67 million people last year collected Social Security. We have under 150 million workers. So you multiply that; it's you know two point three two, and it keeps going down. And when you see that the average, you know, the average person pulls in, I think it's around the average American pulls in about I'm trying to think of what it was now, um, about seventeen thousand a year in Social Security. Hmm. All right, and the average American pays in with the company's match roughly 6,000 a year so you can sit there and say okay 2.0 and that's why when you look by 2026 the latest projections that have come out from the social security administration from December uh you'll will be paying one over 1.5 trillion for social security yet only putting in 1.48 what keeps those benefits coming are the IOUs that have been written mm-hmm And that will continue, I think it's to 2034, 2035. It was extended last year a couple of years because (laughs) a million more people died in the United States Mm -hmm. than expected because of COVID. Mm -hmm. People that would be collecting Social Security in that time period that was projected. And that's, you can't get away from that
0: math. Right. And we're not making new people so the future looks very
2: right we're not making that's the that's the that's the biggest you you think about that and it isn't talked about enough but the lack of population growth in america the fact that because the democrats have insisted on open borders the republicans will not even talk about increasing legal immigration that you might need Mm -hmm. remember it was trump and we talk about this often Because people don't expect it. It was Trump when he was going back and forth with Jim Acosta on illegal immigration. And then Acosta, remember, wanted to hog the mic. and, Mm -hmm. And he got kicked out for a while. And then he was back in and all that. But people forget what that conversation was about. Yep, Trump was talking about the fact that we have to have legal immigration if we want to fill the jobs that's coming because the population growth isn't there. But Republicans decided this year, we can't talk about that. And we understand why politically.
0: Because got- there is no win when you start right. talking about making changes to benefits. Then there is no political win there. You're going to get nothing from uh, but pushback from everybody. I mean, you can look at a means test. That's not going to fly. Because at first, the left would tell you, well, a Warren Buffett doesn't need to collect Social Security. Now, politically, that idea will float, except for it wouldn't stop there. It would get down to, okay, well, who doesn't need Social Security? Well, someone who uh, saved up and from day one in their 401k And all along the way, put money aside to take care of themselves. And many people retire with well over a million dollars in their 401k. And they'll say, well, that's a millionaire. They don't need Social Security. Well, they paid in to Social Security. Well, they need that money needs to go to people who need it. That'll be the back and forth.
2: And. And that's where it becomes then a welfare program.
1: Yes, exactly.
2: It's no no longer a partial retirement program or supplement for you that you put in. And that's why, you know,
0: every year,
2: I still, a lot of people don't get the, I still get the statement every year.
0: I get a notification that it's available online. I I don't get the, I don't think I get the paper. I I
2: still, I got the paper statement last year. I don't think think I've gotten
0: it in in a long time, but I... I went in and, and chose that in my account. I I don't get that by paper anyway.
2: now. Very interestingly enough, they don't. Um, they only tell you what you put in. They don't tell what your employer put in for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a lack of transparency there <laughs> from yeah. from from the government. They here is what you put in. Well, no, it's what I put in with with the the company's match mm-hmm. because that actually went against the company charged that to me. Mm -hmm. you know that because that if they didn't hire me they wouldn't be paying that so that's the cost of me working for my company is the half that they put in Mm -hmm. and but if you yeah you could means test it but people would be furious because then it's no longer it becomes it was never intended ever to be a welfare program and that's what it becomes you put in to take care of other people you don't collect any of the money that you put in Uh, And and by the way, this happened again the other day. I had to correct somebody again. Stop calling Social Security an entitlement program. I worked for it. It's not an entitlement program. And everybody, there must have been a hundred. You're right. You're right. You're right. And this is where people in the United States are stupid, where we don't think. Hmm. Yes, it is an entitlement program. You put into it, therefore, you're entitled to get it don't confuse it with entitlement mentality. Yes, and I had to put and I I was very nice. I said, mm-hmm. "You're confusing this with entitlement mentality.
0: You don't have to be nice to stupid people. They don't understand anyway."
2: Well, I mean, it was just it just drives me crazy cuz everybody goes <laughs> along with it and it's and from day 1 when I saw that I went, "Stop it." They're not saying it's an entitlement mentality. What they're saying is you're entitled to it because you put into it. Yes. So it is an entitlement program. It's a true entitlement. Yes, it's a true entitlement. It's actually yours. Y- yes. And that's and that means testing would take that away, mm-hmm. because you would start it there and then you keep moving it yep. down, moving it yep. just like taxes, moving right. it down, moving it down, moving mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about the fact, okay, taking the cap, taking the cap off it and means testing it, which it becomes even more than of a welfare program, which was not intended, uh, not intended to be. And as we have stated before, then it encourages you not to save, not to have a retirement program, right. Right, because that's that's economics, economics is what incentive is for you there for you to do something mm-hmm. now, for me, you know, even you know, I didn't know when I was younger because we're they we've been talking about Social Security since I've been a talk show host since I've been radio about what would happen eventually to it, so I didn't really. Look and say, okay, I'm going. Which is
0: weird because you started radio before Social Security started. uh, Absolutely.
2: Marconi had just left the room.
0: Mm,
2: Right. And there was a microphone and just uh, this uh, tube
0: thing. Good evening. very hot. Mr. and Mrs. America, I'm Gary McNamara, and we're here to talk about something in the future. Social Security. It's going to be swell. Now, Medicare
2: is 2026. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, that was extended a couple of years out because a million more people than projected died that would have been collecting Medicare. Mm -hmm. And so they got to do something about Medicare in the next couple of years. And this is why we laugh where when the Democrats sit there and say, we need to have Medicare for all that takes care of everything. We can't even have Medicare for some Partial Partial Medicare Medicare for some. Partial Medicare for some. Yeah. Because you still have to pay. It's not all free. Medicare for all. Well, when you get this Medicare for some done, then maybe you can talk about Medicare for all. Well, that's
0: funny because the closer we get to it, uh, you know, the end of the money, the less you hear about Medicare for all. They don't call it that anymore. Because everybody's talking about the end of Medicare. Yeah. Just call it single payer, call it socialized medicine, call it anything but Medicare for all. And at some point, there has to be a reckoning. But that reckoning will come when the money actually is gone and we can't service the debt, can't service the interest on the debt. You can't say the word austerity.
2: No. Remember that with
0: Greece? Yeah, right. Well, remember they wanted to to change the benefits in France and there were riots. Yeah. Start telling people, well, we can't pay you what you thought you were going to get. After they paid in for all these years. Float that idea. Go and, ahead, change and, that. And when you look at what
2: your your company puts in, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, "Sorry, you're not you're not going
0: to get you're yours. not going to get it."
2: Yeah. And the age is already going. What's the age supposed to be? It's going to be uh,
0: 116.
2: <laughs> I mean, mine was 66 years and two months, mm-hmm. and so I think it's I think it's supposed to. Go up to 67. I don't think they have a plan past 67 yet.
0: No, because I think mine is at 67.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think they've, they, you know,
0: but they'll probably. I think everything, everybody yeah. passed, that was born past, is it 1960?
2: I, I think before means testing, you'll see the age raised. And they'll just tack on a couple more percentage points.
0: Uh, early retirement age, you mean? Maybe. 62, take it to 63.
2: If they don't get rid of that completely, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that would be on the table. And then Social Security that, uh, for me, was 66 years and two months would increase to the normal Social Security, would be 70. And then if you wanted the, 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 the more benefits, maximum Social Security, you know, 73, 74. Well, here's the problem. It back.
0: They, you know, you'll have to do it by the birth year like they've done it in the past. Yeah. Politically, you have to do it that way because changing it on the fly to people who are already collecting. Right. Politically, right. you can't do it. Right. They
2: can't touch mine.
0: Right. You'll just have to go cash that worthless check <laughs> down the street. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
2: We're we're talking about we're talking about people thirty years forty years from now that we've drowned in our own debt. They're the ones that won't collect Social Security, even though they have to put in now.
0: Right, like my grandchildren. You know, they're all yeah. they're all busy being on their cell phones and whatnot. They don't know what's coming, and who you know, who am I to tell them? It's,
2: it's none of their business. By the way, we're just, we're throwing out the attitude that exists that we just don't talk about as a nation. No, I mean, I, it's... I, I've said before, the, the fiscal things that we are doing to younger generations is the most immoral, evil thing that we're doing as a country because we're doing it to our own future generations. And it's just, it's reprehensible and we just don't talk about it. And what we do is we simply say things like, don't touch Social Security and Medicare and don't, you know, and don't stop the benefits for every, and it's you know, and everybody knows that the debt's a problem. Everybody knows Social Security and Medicare is a problem. But we still, the populist thing is we won't touch. It will magically cure itself Well, nothing magically happens in the real world. Well,
0: I mean, you know, this is, we're on a bus in the middle of the summer. And the bus driver keeps telling us we're going to run out of fuel in Death Valley. And we're all going to have to get off the bus at that point. Okay. Keep driving. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody is, is looking at this for the disaster that it's going to be.
2: Eight six six ninety red
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Rudd Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety 90 eye We go to Mike in Virginia. Mike, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio.
5: Hi. uh, Good morning. Uh, I think Social Security is probably too far gone to fix, but, uh, you know, a step toward stretching it out might be if Congress and the president would repeal the 1965 law that's been allowing Congress to spend Social Security tax money as part of the general revenue uh you know no politician's gonna vote uh against spending. So I think it never think think gonna happen.
2: I think it was the eighty three law that did that.
5: Hmm. No, nineteen sixty five well they may have extended it but oh, okay. the nineteen sixty five law uh Johnson right. signed into law not gonna make uh, a not
2: not gonna make a difference because those uh you know drawing right now I mean to balance it, uh I was reading a George Mason University analysis on Social Security we haven't been we haven't been raising enough money for Social Security in in right. regular tax dollars since 2010, and it's being made up by borrowing more money, which is based right. on the IOUs that were taken yep. out, you know that were that were taken out uh, over the last you know 50 years from from Social Security. Right. So even the IOUs to the point when they talk about the IOUs won't be able to cover it. I think it's twenty thirty five. I think they might have extended it here in the last couple of mm-hmm. months because of the uh, of, or because of people dying uh, of right. COVID. But uh, that money will be gone, and it will just the I, you won't be tapping from the IOUs anymore. It won't be required by Congress because the IOU money will be gone, and therefore uh, there would be a twenty percent cut if nothing has changed in Social Security by twenty thirty five. Mm-hmm. So. That's the the problem is, yeah, I didn't like when they did that either, but that doesn't make a difference anymore.
0: Well, it's so, so far no, it gone. Doesn't. Yeah, it's so it's far true, gone. Yeah. That's the problem is that, you know, what it uh, the, the, the 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 burden that it would be in terms of the weight, the massive weight of a move that would be big enough for it to matter is politically impossible. I don't see anything. Right. I mean, honestly, here's here's my suggestion: Hunger Games. So everybody <laughs> that's at retirement age, you get together, and then you go, there's a check at the end of the course, the obstacle course, and whoever survives it and gets to the end, and thanks, Mike, then you get the check. It's 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 way too big of a problem politically to tackle. It's sitting there, and there is nothing you can do about it. The last president. because the lawmakers yeah. have to be the ones that change everything, and there's no way you're going to get reelected if you. We we talked about it. You mentioned it earlier, Rick Scott bringing things up. It's like, you know, you're not wrong, but politically, that's not going to happen.
2: Right. It wasn't the time to be brought to to bring it up when Americans are saying when Americans are saying we need money because of COVID because you shut us all down.
1: Yeah, probably not right. the
2: time to say okay we need to do something drastically with social security and uh and and medicare it's like, right look, right look the last president that tried to do something was w mm-hmm. yeah and the democrats said they laughed at him mm-hmm. i remember you yeah. and i on the air yep. together that yep. night i remember the saying, press conference re- remember and yep. and remember he said he said look if we've got to do something this is going to harm americans The Democrats laughed and said, we're not. He said, if you've got something better, then then then, great. I'll never forget, W said it. Then come and sit down with me and discuss this so we can solve the problem. The Democrats laughed at him. Yep. And I'll never forget that show where you and I said, this is unbelievable. They simply said, we won't, until we have to face this problem, until disaster strikes, we're not going to do anything preemptive to save Social Security. Right. And he is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety red eye. This was fascinating. Here, um, this uh, story out of uh, out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really amazing. Not a single student can do math at the grade level in fifty three Illinois schools. They're saying Chicago here now. I'm not sure whether it's Chicago or I'm trying to see if they're all. No, they're outside of Chicago. 53 Illinois schools, not one student in 53 schools were proficient in math. For reading, it was apparently 32 schools. Not one proficient in reading. After billions were spent and additional
0: billions for COVID, not one in those schools. That's how you get billions spent, is that you put them through the public school system so they can't do the math. That way you can keep throwing money at a problem that won't be fixed by throwing money at it.
2: Over and over again. Okay, this was Chicago. In Chicago, Mm -hmm. there were 22 schools that had not one student who could read at grade level. Another 33 schools said no students could perform math Mm -hmm. at grade level. That was inside Chicago. Statewide, there was 53 schools that reported no students who were proficient in math. Another uh, 30 schools reported zero students who were able to read at grade level. And they talk about the school lockdowns. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's being blamed for where did this money, you know, where did this money go? If you have this extra cash that was thrown in, where are the remedial classes? But understand when you see that the vast majority of them We're in Chicago. You have to ask yourself: They are. It's a. It's a, Democrat state. A Democrat city. Which means Democrat school boards, Mm -hmm. and a, Democratic school union. Yeah. That is fighting school choice at every. Opportunity that they can right,
0: and saying we need to spend more public money on right. public schools because that's the answer, and keep throwing money uh, at a at a problem that won't be able to uh, be solved with throwing money at it. But because so many people go through the public school system, you get away with it because they can't do math either. Now, the authors of this report pushed back
2: against that it was the COVID lockdowns. Mm, Okay. They noted that the 2019 levels were not significantly better than the data from 2022.
0: I was going to ask.
2: Defenders of the current system are sure to invoke COVID as the big reason for the low scores, but a look at the 2019 numbers, showed that reading and math numbers were only slightly better than they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at reading is the same. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the, That was the, the the nations I'm looking at there. Mm. Uh, the uh, I was looking at different graphs. Sorry. The pair also noted that the issue is not likely stemming from a lack of funding just this fiscal year alone illinois has allocated 9.4 billion to chicago public schools and the federal government has allocated an additional 1.8 billion through the american rescue plan so yep. there you go
0: and it will do nothing Because you create a system that basically isn't about education. No. It's about the money. It's about the teachers' unions and the money. Are the kids, uh, you know, uh, improving? Are we teaching them? That's not the point. And parents are screaming. And the parents scream and the demand grows for other choices. But remember, the Obama administration would go after you. No, don't you dare take your kids out of public schools. And as a state, don't you start thinking about creating alternatives for parents. And if parents show up. And have a problem and attend a school board meeting and are angry about something will label them as terrorists and will go after them. Yeah. No shocker. The kids are learning nothing in far too many schools. You know, one of the things about COVID early on when kids came home is that parents were home, too, and parents were literally sitting in the classroom with their kids, learning maybe for the first time what goes on during school.
2: Here it is. Uh, uh, Nevertheless, this is from American Greatness. Chicago Public Schools and Leadership with Teachers Unions have dismissed or covered up these poor performances Of the 33 schools with no students proficient in math, seven were given a rating of commendable by the Illinois State Board of Education. The state board also gave commendable ratings to six of the 22 schools with no students who can do grade-level reading. Randy Weingarten, of course, continued to blame the poor performances. The head of the National Federation of, of Teachers continued to blame the poor performances on the lockdowns as a result of... The pandemic, the bottom line is everybody suffered in the pandemic because of the pandemic. She said back in October, this disruption was everywhere. It was bad regardless of whether schools were remote or in uh, 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 person. And again, as they, they noted, the authors say it wasn't really much different in 2019. Right. Before COVID even hit. Mm-hmm. Again, they will continue to run a monopoly failed system and not give choice to the people who don't have the opportunity to have choice. You know, and this is where, you know, you and I talked about this a long time ago. And it gets into race. And it gets into the these cities that are primarily minority. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, where the education systems are horrible, where the unions are the strongest. And the move for school choice is the least, even though school choice is something that is extremely high on the list, number one, of all families, Mm -hmm. including minority families. And it is the liberal black leadership and the Democratic Party that is doing everything to ensure that minority students in Democrat-run cities do not get the choice of education that others have. Yep. And we said the same thing about where the high crime rate is. That if you look at the two Supreme Court decisions on the Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. they were both filed uh, by African Americans in the city, law-abiding blacks, who were denied the same right to firearms that people had in the suburbs. And where the crime was the highest, law-abiding blacks were denied it. And it was the uh, liberal black leadership in this country, the NAACP that have been pushing for gun controls to deny law-abiding blacks the same Second Amendment rights that people have all over the suburbs across the country.
0: And they'll tell you it's too dangerous to have it in your home. The bad right. guys will come in and take those guns and put them on the street. That you don't. You. You're right. Does not exist to yep. protect your own home and your family,
2: and it is the Republicans and conservatives that have been fighting, but can't do much because you're not in control of the governments in the urban, the large liberal urban areas of
0: this country. Go talk, go talk school choice in Chicago.
2: Yeah, see what the parents think you. about it. Yeah,
0: the parents would love it. See what the unions and 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 local leaders say about it. Yep.
2: They don't care. They don't care about your education. No. They don't care about your, your ability to protect your own property and your own life. They don't care.
0: Your we, kids in the all these time. schools, you got dozens of schools right. in Illinois where they can't read, they can't do math. And nobody cares. I'd be livid. Yeah, the
2: parents, parents probably
0: care. I'm sure they do. You
2: know, we saw. Remember back in was it uh, Louisiana? It was New Orleans, wasn't it?
0: Was it yeah, where the uh, where the where the DOJ went after
2: the Department of Justice went after. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the school choice and they finally backed off mm-hmm. because it was so popular with blacks mm-hmm. but remember they went in to say oh this is un-. what was the reason they gave that it was unfair
0: they said that when was those it? students leave those schools that too many students would be left behind in the public schools and the funding wouldn't be there to support the kids left behind in the in the public schools
2: Right. But they weren't they again? They they lost that because wasn't the money separate?
0: I don't remember that's that particular case. Was, yeah. But, but that's they, been but, their But, they, but that's they, been their overall right. argument right. all along, is that it would leave too many kids in public schools without the and, and those schools without the funding.
2: But as we know, they're also against charter schools that are funded
0: separately. Of course, yeah. No, they can't have – parents can't have a choice. And now they're to the point that uh, it's stupid to believe, Swabell, that parents have any say or should have any say in their kid's classroom. Yeah. yeah. It's what they think. Yeah. So if they think
2: that way on teaching kids to – you know, racism and the fact that they can be whatever biological sex they choose just by thinking it, and they don't want the parents involved in that. What else do you think they don't want the parents involved in? Right,
0: right. And was it McAuliffe that said it too? Yeah, yes. You have no place in the kid's classroom. Yes, yes. Many believe that cost him the election. Yep. Eight six six
2: ninety Red Eye.
1: Coming up more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And
2: hey, Red Eye Radio a he is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety red eye. If uh, you would like to get in, well, we do have a uh, a uh, new uh, GOP presidential candidate running. All right, many people will say who, <laughs> but we'll get we'll get to that here in just a, a couple of, uh, of moments.
0: The anti woke CEO, yes, Vivek Ramaswamy, yes. Yeah. Um, now, he's promising some big things on the anti-woke thing. That's, you know, from day one, I'll, you know, and um,
2: oil, natural gas, things like that. Uh, those
0: and are the things that that matter, you know, to me is that, all right, I, I get it why he wants to appeal to people on the anti-woke thing. Uh, it's kind of the moment. But uh, then on policy, what are we going to do as a nation?
2: Well, you know what I found interesting. There was some uh, there was an article written yesterday saying Nikki Haley believes she can what win a primary without attacking Trump. Mm-hmm. And I right. went, "Whoa, that's interesting." Because you really haven't. Now, I did I did think that when she talked about age. Mm-hmm. And she talked about anybody over seventy five have to has to have a cognitive test, and we need a new generation. That she just wasn't talking about Biden; that she was talking about Trump. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Trump has responded to her. He's busy. I don't think Trump is worried about her at all. That's why you see him going after DeSantis. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 uh, c- consistently. Uh, but uh, it, it's—I think it's a great point. Well, you're running and you're talking about these things, but who are you running against, and why are you a better candidate? from the people that are already in which is only trump right yeah i mean and, and so that's the interesting thing yeah and you wonder whether any candidate might come in and say okay i'm going to attack trump from day one yeah no good question and i don't mean to i mean anybody else anybody else who doesn't it. really have much of a chance of winning
0: right
2: All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. You know, the weirdest story yesterday was that jury uh, forewoman from uh, the grand jury in Fulton County. Mm. That was the most bizarre thing where she's out talking in the media about things that were going on in the deliberations the, i mean i'm this whole thing and and this is where they believe that you know it, she indicated the the way that she was smiling and she's just weird on the air I Well, mean, no, the, it was it was it, very it was, strange it was it was just bizarre and and even i want to play this audio cut from CNN because hmm. uh, even CNN Anderson Cooper and and uh, his former prosecutor on their guest, he just like what in what in the hell is going on we're
0: talking about possible grand jury indictments right, here right, on Trump
2: right now understand that these grand juries don't indict they right. recommend they recommend, they the recommend indictments, indictments and according
0: right. to this one grand jury member the forewoman uh it was it, it, i mean she just it came off weird by the way the alerts the way they were written i thought okay this is unusual and then when she, you know, was was out there in the media, it was just weird. Let's hear some of the back and forth okay.
2: uh, from Anderson Cooper on CNN yesterday. And
3: Emily Coors was asked whether the former president might, might face charges.
2: Did you recommend charges against Donald Trump?
5: I really don't want to share something that the judge made a conscious decision not to share. I, I will tell you that it was a process where we heard his name... A lot. Uh, We definitely heard a lot about former President Trump, and we definitely discussed him a lot in the room. And I will say that uh, when this list comes out, you wouldn't, there are no major plot twists waiting for you.
3: Coors also indicated that the grand jury recommended charges for multiple people. She wouldn't give an exact number, but agreed that it was probably at least a dozen. She said, quote, it wasn't a short list. Perspective now from CNN senior legal analyst Ellie Honig, former assistant U.S. attorney. He's also the author of the new book, Untouchable, How Powerful People Get Away With It. Also with us, our chief political correspondent and co-anchor of CNN's State of the Union, Dana Bash. Um, First of all, why this person is talking on TV, I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. Yeah. Um, But... I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury.
4: This is a horrible idea, and I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. I was wincing just watching her (laughs) eagerness to, like you know, hinted stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty. We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very right. seriously. But there's no reason for her to be out talking. No, I mean, there's a, right, it's okay. a prosecutor's nightmare. She, right, okay. Mark my words, Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if there's an indictment to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. I mean, that's the first thing that hit me
0: when the alerts came across, I thought well of course the liberal media is going to run with it right they're going to run with the story but why is the foreman of the grand jury talking in the media why why would she be talking at all about this process because you're going to tank this for prosecution
2: the the thing that i found the oddest and and this is where they're saying she's not taking this seriously is not is because of the expression on her face—it's like she's at the verge of giggling.
0: Yeah, no, totally giddy about things.
2: It's like giddy, and the giggle's about to start when when you see her face, and and uh, you know the uh, was that Dana Bash? Who was the the she was serious. I mean, because if you're a four person for a grand jury, and you're talking about any crime out there, any possible yeah. crime, right? You would expect that there would be a sense of seriousness. Right. And 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 contemplation and you know these you know these things are really serious and so um, uh, well then again if you thought that way you're not going to be doing interviews
0: well that's it the, the, look the protocol and the directions the directives that you're given are very clear in the smallest of cases but on something this large if you're the foreman of a grand jury. You should be running from the media. I can't talk to you guys. How did that happen? I mean, I know why the media wants to put it on. How in the world did it get to – because, I mean, you know, you can't and, well, even, put her behind bars and e- keep her e- from talking. But, I mean – even. Even before this, I was, and I know the grand juries are a little bit different,
2: mm-hmm. you know, depending on what state, you know, and what state you're in. Right. But even initially where the judge was letting partial transcripts of the grand jury testimony be released, mm-hmm. like, why? We'll find it out if there's an indictment. Why is, well, why is normally you don't even get to that point? And I, I was, and so that was part I, of what my mind said was, why is, a few Any cases there, there
0: have been, you know, um, well, it, it really wasn't the judge, but there have been parts of testimony that have come out. Um, and I, But I'm trying to think of the timing of, of those cases, if it was uh, after prosecution started or during, because it was unusual, I think, for it to come out so early but yeah this is this takes it so much further the foreman of the jury coming out and talking oh you're not going to believe this and it was, with this giddy look on her face it was the oddest thing i've ever seen right
2: i not i mean in, in some type of legal proceeding from somebody who is in, in on any type of jury and right. you you look at any of the cases that happen i know it's a grand jury but still it's it's serious because indictment indictment of a former president or anybody close to him is huge and serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And she seemed to not take it seriously at, you know, at all. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the juror uh, with the um, Sussman, with the Sussman case. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's uh, a crime. Uh, but it's, it's a crime. Everybody lies. so no big deal yeah. whatsoever. Right. A lack of complete seriousness of what was going on because, because of your political bent. Right. And okay. that's what I sensed here mm-hmm. because of the, there seemed to be no sense of seriousness. It was almost like giggling and giddy uh, that she was on and able to say this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this isn't good. The prosecution has to be looking at this going,
0: how did this happen? How did this happen? How did this happen? Because they're right. The first thing that's going to happen, if there are um, indictments that come down, the legal teams are going to move to dismiss based on that, what happened yesterday, alone. That's a big deal. Just bizarre. You know, she was dying to say more. You could tell. She really wanted to spill the beans on this. She's looking to be a media star. Yeah. She didn't take that role seriously at all. Or, or, I'll say this, she took it seriously as an activist. Yeah. Because it reeks of somebody with a political bet. And this is the thing you you send this to a grand jury for a reason cuz you kind of want to as a prosecutor you want to just wash your hands of it right you right. just want to well, we'll just we'll turn it over to a grand jury and that's the idea
2: and you never you never see the grand jury right. Right. you never hear all you know right. is it's a group of citizens right. who are looking at the the probable cause and whether there's enough to indict now right. We all know that what is the old saying that a grand jury could indict a ham sandwich, Mm -hmm. I think is what it is, Mm -hmm. that just because a grand jury indicts is doesn't mean you're going to win the case in any manner or form because all you're hearing is the prosecution side of it. Right. And so there can be weaknesses. So but but still, if the prosecution is making their case. And then she goes on. You you view that at the minimum, you view that and you say she's not serious. Right. And at the maximum, you say she's a political activist. Right. There's no way that you sit here if you're just a regular citizen and you're looking at something like a uh, 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 election interference, election fraud. Right, I, I don't right, know what right. the I don't even I don't know what the charges would be. I'm just throwing that out. as as a possibility, where you're, I wouldn't be giggling about it. No. And I don't care if it was a Democrat. Why? Because those are serious charges, and I view that I have a responsibility that is outside of politics. My responsibility, if I'm on a grand jury, is, was there law breaking here? Right. And my politics doesn't become involved in it. And the majority of Americans who serve on juries, not all, But the majority are able to do that.
0: Well, if you believe there's a wrongdoing then and then you see that and through, uh, you know, uh, your service on that grand jury, you're recommending the indictments. You believe that's you officially and the other jury members, other jurors, you're saying uh, essentially that, yes, there was a wrongdoing, which means you believe there should be justice which means you don't want to get in the way for one second. Yeah. You don't want to spoil that case or cases
2: by saying
0: something about it.
2: That's a great point. Even if you're absolutely political, this is not a guilty verdict. Right. And let's say she is as politically active in the Democratic Party as you could possibly be. Well, still, you would understand that, Hey, I'm not going to talk much about this because I believe it's a good case. I don't want to ruin that case. Yeah. And it's that's why it was so odd. I mean, the look on her face and the smiling and almost like giddy giggling that she was on the verge of was just weird to see.
0: No, it was it was bizarre.
2: And the one thing I thought of was like,
0: that's who you chose for the four person of the mm-hmm. jury? Mm-hmm. Really? What were the other people like? Well, if she's this giddy and eager to talk to the media, then what was she like inside, uh, behind closed doors? She was probably very talkative, very active, and the the rest of the jurors probably said, okay, she needs to be the foreman. She's clearly going to be whether we like it or not, quite possibly. I've been the foreman on a jury, not a grand jury, and I can't tell you why they chose me. (laughs) But the idea here is that if you believe there's an injustice, even if you have a political bent and personally get satisfaction from a prosecution coming down against Trump or his associates, then all the more reason to not talk to the media. You have to know you're spoiling the case. I don't know why you would do that. You know who she
2: reminded me a little bit of? Hmm. As if a little bit of Kathy Griffin.
0: Yeah. As if Kathy yeah. Griffin
2: right. was the comedian right. was the four person. Yeah. That's so that's the kind of you know how she has that look on her face where she's mm-hmm. always like a, you know, the giddy giggling or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, was, this was pre-decapitating Trump, I want to
0: make mm-hmm. clear. This is- Holding the bloody mask up yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's what she reminded me of. Because there was, an ir- to me, there was an irritation to it all. Well, I- And yeah. you remember her on Seinfeld. She was irritating as hell. I mean, that she was meant, that was the role to be irritating but right. that was the same feeling I got from that, uh, the the woman who was the four person. Well, on the grand I mean,
0: jury. it's you know she because you could tell she wanted to talk a lot more.
2: That's bizarre. She
0: thinks she's a hero. Yeah, and That's she's yep. and quite she quite possibly botched the case or cases. Eight six six ninety I
3: Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies, but the trick is to be proactive and not reactive. Conduct routine pre- and post-trip tire inspections and pay special attention to inflation. Tires with too little air will wear prematurely and create more resistance, which can result in increased fuel consumption, a harsher ride, and ultimately lead to a blowout.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, Eight six six ninety uh red eye uh, Vivek Ramaswamy mm-hmm. is running for president. You're saying who? Co-founder of Strive Asset Management and author, most recently, uh, Nation of Victims, Identity Politics, The Death of Merit, and uh, The path, path Back to uh, Excellence, and Wonk, Woke Inc., mm-hmm. The Inside the Corporate America's... Social uh, justice uh, uh, scam. Uh, his uh, uh, parents, of course, uh, immigrated, I believe, from India. Correct? Yes, they did. Uh, and and so he but it's funny because he would immediately call for the end of all affirmative action uh, in the United States. He, right. And we'll get to actually what he said. He was oh, I can, I do have time to play some of it right yeah, now. I think I, think yeah, so. I, I, I didn't, wasn't looking at the clock here. Yeah. Um, see, I'm not a clock watcher. Uh, But uh, here he is on Tucker Carlson last night as he announced he is running for president.
5: I think we need to put merit back into America in every sphere of our lives. I mean, merit in who gets into this country. Let's start with that, okay? I think more people, like my parents, can be a good thing for this country. But people whose first act of entering this country is a law-breaking one, we should say a hard no to that. Not just who gets in, but also who gets ahead decimating affirmative action it has been a national cancer one of my top priorities will be to end affirmative action in every sphere of American life and it's not just meritocracy and who gets ahead. Ending affirmative action. Yes. I mean, our whole government is based on that idea. Well, the funny thing, Tucker, is this would be easy, an easy thing for president to do. Lyndon Johnson issued an executive order that requires anyone who does business with the U.S. government that covers over 20% of the U.S. workforce to adopt race-based quota systems. Any Republican president since Lyndon Johnson could have taken a pen and crossed that out. We haven't done it yet. I think that's the kind of courage we're going to need to muster. Yes. To go after these sacred cows from woke religion in the form of affirmative action to this new climate religion, which is completely shackling the American economy and culture. We need to take the most sacred cows of these alternative secular religions, and I'm sorry to say this, take them to the slaughterhouse, because that's what, what it's going to take for this national revival where we stop apologizing for what it means to be American. i all for putting America first, but in order to put America first we have to first rediscover what America is. And to me, those are these basic rules of the road that set this nation into motion from meritocracy to free speech to self-governance over aristocracy. The People who we elect, actually make them run the government rather than this cancerous federal bureaucracy. That's going to be the heart of my message. And I'll tell you this, we don't have an option anymore. Okay, We face these external threats like the rise of China, which I think has got to be our top foreign policy threat that we've got to respond to not pointless wars somewhere else that's going to require some sacrifice it's going to require a declaration of independence from china complete decoupling and that's not going to be easy it's going to require some inconvenience buying cheap stuff for that many years you know what we got addicted to it that's going to require some sacrifice but i think we can make those sacrifices if we know what we are sacrificing for we'll
2: talk more coming up
1: RedEyeRadioShow.com And
2: he is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara, eight six six ninety uh red eye Seems like a pretty interesting dude, uh, Vivek uh, Ramaswamy. No, I
0: think he's, um, he's definitely got the energy that uh, the GOP needs, no doubt. He's yep. been at CPAC a number of times. Uh, as you mentioned, the books he's written... Um, and his beliefs but he's very clear on policy and those are the things that need to be repeated over and over again the ideas of you know um, what the country is founded on but also where we are right now and what we need to do to you know to move forward to make America great again uh, to you know expand wealth uh, what it's going to take but it's going to have to be you know, um, it's going to have to be very clear. You can't be, you can't talk about it as if you're sitting around with uh, some people in a room going, well, you know, if we would just blah, 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 blah. He he gets straight to the point. And I think that's why people appreciate that um, and appreciate his work, um, you know, Look, the two big players right now are still Trump and uh, Governor DeSantis if he gets in. But the energy and the the discussion needs to be what well, uh, Ramaswamy is bringing uh, to the table.
2: I I, I I will say this: that uh, you know, you you look at the things. Number one, uh, that that he's talking about, and affirmative action, mm-hmm. uh, abandoned climate, religion, total mm-hmm. decoupling from uh, from China, which mm-hmm. is. Which again is uh, is uh, is is interesting because when he says that, when he talks about the fact that, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, we we uh, can't make America great again if we don't know what America is about, what America is supposed to be, right. which I think goes back to the 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 the, the Constitution. But hmm. it did remind me of. Don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Right. I'm sorry, but it reminded me of that when he said it's going to it's going to take sacrifice as citizens that as a country, we need to do the right things, which means as a as a people, we need to do the right things. Mm. You can't just say the country should do the right things and we should just take, 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 take and take and take and take. Right. Uh, So but the the total decoupling from uh, from uh, from China, eight year limits for all federal bureaucrats. Uh, say no to central bank digital currencies, mm. release the state action files. I think that means when when the government does things, you release it. Now, I don't know if he's specifically relating to uh, what he is specifically relating to that on Twitter from uh, from yesterday. And the other thing is, he's against stakehold, uh, uh, st- stakeholder capitalism, which is social justice capitalism. Right. That's what, you know, he's against the fact of you know the and you know instead of where your concern should be for your shareholders, no, it should be for social justice as a company. Right. We see that fewer and fewer. We see companies that have headed down that path end up going. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Let's use an example,
0: Disney. No, I think there. I think those companies are. Uh, you know, to his point, I would argue that those companies are already learning it uh, on their own because they're getting it handed to them. The backlash. Right. From their customer base, but also the uh, getting burned by the, you know, organizations that they uh, wanted to champion and and uh, the causes that they wanted to champion uh, come back in the wind as a boomerang very quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, it, you, if you ask what does total decoupling from China look like, uh, that would be interesting because if he's saying, and he didn't say in that interview, if it would be no trade with China starting tomorrow, hmm. well, that'd be a fine – you, you, do you do that during inflation? Yeah. I mean, when when do you do that? will get you out of office very quickly. Well, you know, and, Americans are willing to sacrifice, but it's not whether you're willing to sacrifice. It's how much you're willing to sacrifice.
0: And what is the alternative? Because the alternative for Trump was to not the alternative, but one of the moves was um, you turn to India. Now, for Ramaswamy, <laughs> you know, people might say, well, OK, uh, are you saying, you know, that that we should go with other nations? My, my question would be, do you believe in protectionist policy or are you saying uh, just shut China out of the equation and then everybody else is OK? And, you know, I'm sure he would have some exceptions along the way. But are, are you saying, you know, that that's the problem or trade in general Uh, We could bring so many things back home, uh, which isn't possible. That's, we just don't have the labor force to do that. What does it look like? What does the plan look like outside of shutting China out? You know, and look, there is a case to be made about, um, you know, um, creating more trade opportunity with, uh, with India, but that's not going to be done overnight. And, Uncoupling from China also isn't going to be done
2: overnight. No. And, and but uh, like I said, interesting. And if you have what, what I, what I look, he, the thing I like about him as a politician, and I may disagree with him when he gets into specifics of the issues, but what I like about him so far as a politician is he seems to not be a politician. <laughs> Where, I'm an issue guy. He's and I, a businessman. I, I'm a <laughs> uh, I'm a businessman issue guy, and I'm yeah, going to hit yeah. the issues. I yeah, yeah. it doesn't. I'm not going to be name calling. I'm gonna, right, right, I'm going right. to be, which would be interesting to see if he made it to the debates and was going up against a Trump and a DeSantis. Yeah. Mm. You know, again, mm. I don't I don't think that he would be, for example, if you had and and I'm and I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, if you had the the, just hypothetically the first debate and it was trump and desantis and ramaswamy and um uh and and nikki haley and uh and and pence and i'm just sitting there thinking i go well it doesn't seem like nikki haley wants to attack anybody right now Mm -hmm. except if you know uh, you know biden and the perception is it's biden his age i'm like well trump's over 75 too she's already attacked anybody over the age of you know, gone after anybody over the age of seventy-five should it get a cognitive test, mm-hmm. uh, and and so it's like you know, Pence. Are they going to be arguing with uh, Ramaswamy, or is it going to be him going after? Because remember, he was inspired by Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, he, yeah. he, he was clear. Yeah. He was yeah. inspired by Trump, right? But would he go after Trump now, and say, okay, uh, you had your time. Now it's the time to. Get to these specifics, and someone who is younger like me, with the energy and all that. And how would he? Because eventually, this is the thing in all primaries. Eventually, you have to attack
0: the big guy or the big gal. Yeah, you know, you've got to show. You've you got to demonstrate some. You for have, some reason. You have to attack. why you're better than they are. Right. And
2: so, again, is he going to be the next president of the United States? Not likely. Can he make a huge impact in the primaries because
0: of the response from
2: a Trump or a DeSantis to him? Absolutely.
0: Well, and the one thing he can, again, bring to the table uh, if he stays in the media is uh, these ideas, you know, that he's promoting uh, over and over again. The issues uh, he's very energetic. He's a great interview. He's a great speaker. Uh, you know, what are his chances in the primary? Mm, not great. But what are the chances that he brings so many issues to the table as to what needs to happen and keeps them on the surface uh, in terms of the discussion? I think uh, that is going to be the greater effect of him running. Well,
2: look I, you, when you when you look at it, you you you've got two people who aren't like normal politicians up there already. Right. DeSantis is not your normal politician, right? Uh, because of the bluntness and the way that he will he will attack, but based on the specifics of the issue and actually what the truth is, mm-hmm. and we know Trump. Trump is not your normal politician. Pence is. Mm-hmm. Nikki Haley is. Who else is out there? Tim Scott is.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They all come off as politicians. Mm-hmm. Now, politicians win elections, but they all come off as politicians. Right. If yeah. you look at the, 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 the two that are at the top and Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. they don't come off as politicians. That's mm-hmm. how I would... Just initially, and I've seen Ramaswamy a couple times before, but really haven't paid enough a lot of attention. He caught me by surprise when I woke up and went, "Huh, he's running? Mm-hmm. Really?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, let me, you know, let me hear it." And I've heard him in short interviews on Fox, I think, in other places before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he's, but all of a sudden, okay, I'm in. Now again, will he even make it to the primary? What kind of money does he have?
0: Well, uh, his net that worth of. is estimated to be about a half a billion and how much of that is he going to spend and, and how much can he raise? Um, the one thing about Trump was that <laughs> most, if not every major interview he did on TV, he was asked about ever running for office for decades. Mm-hmm. So he came in with no experience, but came in as a household name. Yes. So there were many people that grassroots thing had been uh, burning for decades at to some degree. Right. That calling. And then all of a sudden, you know, caught fire in 2016. It didn't catch fire in 2012. In 2011, you and I remember um, he was speaking to a conservative women's group in Vegas and he threw down some curse words and it was like
2: the f word right
0: yeah, yeah and it was like
2: mm,
0: because the news got out that that wasn't received well and then ultimately did not get in but he went in and filed for uh the the uh the the slogan the rights to the slogan make america great again the day after the 2012 election and he was you know it was like okay i'm in and so that calling had been there for a long, long time. Oh, well, you
2: remember? You and I remember after the book he wrote in ninety nine, mm-hmm. and and how he was viewed as a viable candidate even in 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 uh, yeah. in, in two thousand because right, in the right. book is when he in the book is where he put the wealth tax in,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: Which then he had to back off on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like wealth tax. What are you talking about? Right. And that his was a one time wealth tax to totally pay off the deficit. I don't uh, excuse me the debt. Hmm. I don't think that's possible now. (laughs) Right. No, you can't get there. I don't think there's enough money. All right, let's raise enough money from the billionaires uh, to pay off $31.5 trillion. I don't think enough money exists there.
0: No, you might pay the interest on the debt for a few years. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, know, and that's the thing is that um, Ramaswamy is not the household name. No, he's not. Uh, He's known in conservative circles um, and, you know, beyond that, it's going to be about his energy and and the ideas he's promoting, which will resonate. But it's not going to he's not going to get the nomination. Um, The uphill battle is is huge. However, it's a good thing that those ideas are going to be out there. And I hope that they stay out there for a while. And that he stays in it as long as possible so that there is that conversation.
2: But at 37 years old, there's no better way to make yourself a player over the next
0: oh, yeah, five right. years. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Besides being part of a primary and being remembered in primary debates.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he's whether he gets a nomination right now or not, which he'd likely won't. He's got a political future if he wants it.
2: Eight six six ninety 90. Right.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Hey,
2: it's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. You know, the other thing interesting about uh, Ramaswamy and the fact that he announced he's running for president as a as a Republican yesterday. Most people haven't heard of him, but he's a very, very well-known entrepreneur is the fact that, you know, he talks about his parents coming from India. Yeah. And it's interesting that what was it yesterday? Seattle passed a law against the caste system. Yeah. And it was like, right. huh? In right. Seattle. But it's interesting that he, you know, announced on Tucker Carlson he's running for president. At, at On, the, on that exam day, because he makes that argument that he understands the culture of the caste system. You want to defeat the caste system in India or anywhere else? American-style capitalism does it, because in America, you can go anywhere. He graduated from Harvard and Yale. Yeah, right. And, and he looks and he goes, and look where you want to defeat caste systems. You want to defeat racism. You have American-style capitalism where anybody has an opportunity to make it. As he does, and he's worth, what did you say he's worth? Half a billion? Half a billion. Half, half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And he looks at it, and we've talked about this before. Immigrants who come in or second-generation immigrants because of what their parents have told them about their experiences. And they understand, and he talks about, you know, let's get back to what the United States is about and why it's great. But mm-hmm. we have to understand why it's great well he from his point of view of where he comes from a mm-hmm. country with the caste system to a country where you can defeat that completely that yeah, where actually, his parents
0: come from but yeah
2: where yeah. his parents come from and then he's able to run for president of the United States yep
0: whoa yeah